Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Ho, 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 it's Wednesday. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, right, Producer Joe, as always, with a rather interesting intro to the show. Listen, stacked, stacked show today. Um, I will be at the White House social media conference tomorrow. That was the news I told you I had this week. Uh Um, Give you an update afterwards so check that out uh, white house is having a social media conference talk about you know youtube twitter and all that other stuff um so we'll, we'll see how that goes i will keep you updated on how that works out and also uh, i can't obviously say anything now but got some big news ahead the ah. show is taking leaps and bounds so don't go anywhere but i have a story for you today that is going to bake your bagels eat your lunch don't go anywhere about mike flynn let's get well, right to it today's no. show brought to you by our buddies at Yeah, this is good. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Listen, nobody wants to sit on long lines at the post office. You got to wait for parking spots. You got to leave your house, drive there. Sometimes it's far away. You're busy. Who's got the time to lug all those packages in? It's a real hassle. That's why you need what we use. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Click on the microphone, enter Dan for a special offer. This is one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. We'd be lost in the Bongino household without it. Stamps.com, Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office, saves you money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. Brings all the amazing services of the post office to your computer. You're sending packages, invoices, and online sellers shipping out products, or your warehouse sending out thousands of packages a day. Don't worry, Stamps.com has you covered. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail's ready, hand it over to your mail carrier, drop it in the mailbox. It's really that simple. Stamps.com, you get five cents off your first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. It's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. This is a no-brainer. Save time and money with Stamps.com. 700,000 small businesses already use it. Right now, my listeners... Get a special offer. Includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com. Click on that microphone at the top of the page and type in Dan, D-A-N, that's stamps.com. Enter Dan by clicking the microphone at the top of the page for the special offer. All right, let's go. Ah, Almost. Okay. Mike Flynn. The Mike Flynn case has exploded. Ladies and gentlemen, I had a hat tip to my buddy. You know who you are. Emails me all the time. Got in touch with me yesterday. Sent me some emails. Was like, what the heck is going on with the Mike Flynn case? For those of you who missed the background on the story, Mike Flynn was uh, Donald Trump, President Trump's appointed national security advisor. He was only there for a couple of weeks. Uh, he then had to resign because of allegations that he was dishonest with the White House. Uh, you know, Flynn was a central component of this whole collusion, conspiracy, nonsense, fairy tale that he was talking to the Russian ambassador. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of you are familiar with the background. Bottom line is Flynn has been targeted for a very long time by the anti-Trump forces out there. Ladies and gentlemen, something happened yesterday that I promise you is going to take your bagels and cook them because this is now. Let me, Joe, this is your your audience on Budsman Roll is going to be critical. Hi, sir. I explained it to my wife beforehand and she got it, but I'm going to need you to act as the audience on Budsman because what happened yesterday is a little complicated. Okie dokes. Now, first, before we get started, I want to play this clip from last night. Excuse me. This is Sarah Carter on Sean Hannity's show last night explaining why Mike Flynn, I'm going to give you a little background on this, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. He did some lobbying on behalf of a company. 
The company had some ties to the Turkish government. There's a dispute over how much Flynn knew about those ties to the Turkish government. When you lobby for a foreign government, you have to fill out these FARA forms, right. Foreign Agent Registration Act, that you're lobbying for a foreign government. Everybody tracking me? Cool. Good. Okay. Flynn fills these forms out after the alleged lobbying happened. Okay. Flynn's team saying we weren't sure that this company we were lobbying for the extent of their involvement with the government. In other words, Joe, we didn't think we were lobbying for the Turkish government. We thought it was on behalf of this private company. Right. You're tracking me. 10 4. Now, they make Flynn after the fact, the government, as they're prosecuting Flynn and targeting him, they make him fill these forms out after the lobbying has happened. Mm hmm. Keep that in your head as you're listening to this critical piece of information from Sarah Carter on The Hannity Show. And one very important point about this, Sean, that a lot of people don't understand is that normally Ferris aren't prosecuted. You're right. But more than that is that when they receive, a, for example, an issue from the FARA office to file a FARA, it's very simple. It's very easy to fill out. According to sources that I've spoken to, Flynn's Farah was so extraordinarily complicated. It was almost as if they had crafted the Farah to try to corner him into, uh, say, making a statement that wouldn't be correct. So that's something that they're looking into as well. Now, the judge has not decided yet whether or not to allow the, the government to call him a co-conspirator. So this still hasn't been decided. It's expected to be decided soon. All right, Sarah Carter, investigative reporter. Great work tonight. And Thank we you. are hoping that General Flynn um, gets justice. Okay. Now, Sarah Carter has a great piece up at her website, sarahcarter.com. I encourage you to check this out. It's going to be in my show notes today, bongino.com. As always, if you subscribe to my email list, I will, uh, I will send these articles right to your email box. Carter's article is very good. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what's going on, folks. I, I know a lot of this is going to appear complicated. The title of the piece, Judge, Judge Slam's Government Argument that Mike Flynn is a co-conspirator in former partner's trial. We're cool, we're cool. Here's what's going on. Mike Flynn was charged with lying to the FBI about his communications, the content of his communications with the Russian ambassador. OK, that's a separate case we've discussed in the past. Long and short of it, Mike Flynn talks to the Russian ambassador during the uh, Trump transition period into the presidency. The FBI uh, and the Mueller team filed charges against him saying he wasn't honest about the content of those communications, right? Copy. Even though the FBI said they thought he wasn't being dishonest, which if that's confusing, it should be. Right. The FBI says he lied to us. And then behind the scenes said, we don't think he was lying. Okay, that's why I've been talking about Mike Flynn's case right. for a long time. This guy is, I mean, talk about overzealous prosecution. This is entirely unethical what happened to Flynn. That lying to the FBI case is separate. There is another case going on right now, federal case for violations basically of our FARA laws, these Foreign Agency Registration Acts, which are rarely prosecuted, as Sarah Carter just accurately said in her piece. Mm -hmm. In that case, it's a separate case from the line. Mike Flynn was a cooperator against his old business partners, mm -hmm. was listed by the government as a cooperator. In that case, the crux of the allegation is what I told you before. That Flynn was lobbying on behalf of the Turkish government mm -hmm. and didn't file as a foreign agent, uh, foreign agent under Farah. You everybody tracking me? Separate yeah. case. Ten four. Flynn, Flynn's sentencing in the lying case is contingent on his cooperation in the other Farah case where he was listed as a cooperator. Right. 
Now, to be listed as a cooperator in the other case to help him in the sentencing for the lying case, the government demanded that he file a form or sign a form, I should say. Precision matters here. All right. Demands that he signs a form, Joe, saying, hey, for you to cooperate on us and get points off on your other case on the sentencing, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to sign this form saying you lied about your FARA thing. In other words, that you were dishonest on your FARA filing, which the FARA office made unusually complicated for some All right. reason. All right, okay. We're cool. Flynn's, are you, it's, I, yeah. I, oh, folks, this is a lie. we're good. Yeah. Oh, this doesn't piss you off. I don't know what will. I'm What's going on with already. Mike Flynn is a travesty. Now, I know. You should be. Yeah. They demand he file this form saying, Tell us you lied and that you were lobbying for the Turkish government. You lied on the registration form about your level of involvement with the Turkish government. Flynn's team, led by a new lawyer, Sidney Powell, is now saying, we're not signing that. We will admit now retroactively that the private company we worked for may have had some ties to the Turkish government. But I'm not going to say I lied because critically, follow me. Okay. Flynn is saying, I didn't know that at the time I filed the form. Right. We know it now. Right. But I'm not going to say I lied when I signed the form because I didn't know that. I thought I was working for a private company. In other words, our FARA filing, foreign agency filing, was accurate. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, why is this so devastating? First, let me put up, again, a big hat tip to our buddies at Technofog on Twitter. I think it's at Techno underscore Fog. One of the best accounts out there. Uh, they always do great legal work. At Technofog highlighted this from the court filing. Now, here's what they want to do. Keep this up for a second, right? Mm-hmm. Flynn's lawyers, because they're telling Flynn, don't sign that, that you lied on the Farah because you didn't. Now the government's saying, okay, you're not a cooperator anymore in this Farah case, so we can't help you in the sentencing for the lying case. Matter of fact, not only are you not a cooperator, we're going to make you a co-conspirator. Oh! The judge in this filing, which I'll read in a second, says, wait, 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 time out. Hold on, folks. Red flag. Under the hood for review. There it is. Something's not right here. The judge says, let me get this straight. Five minutes ago, you said Mike Flynn was a cooperator in this Farrah case. Now, because he won't admit there was a lie there, because he's saying he wasn't lying, now you're saying he's a co-conspirator? Here's from the court filing. Read this highlight. This is important. From the court filing. The judge says, similarly, the Farris statement and related filings do not reflect the existence of the alleged conspiracy to act as undisclosed Turkish agents or to cause a filing of a false Farris statement. In other words, the judge is saying, hey, government, you don't have any evidence that what you're saying is true. Right. In other words, now you're saying Flynn is a co-conspirator in this Farah violation case. The judge is, there's a judge, the judge, referee, <laughs> no good. <laughs> The judges say this isn't going to work. You can't have the. You have no. You don't have evidence. The requisite requisite evidence that Flynn lied in this form. Now that you have the confusing backstory, I want to explain to you why this matters. Hat tip to my my good buddy, ladies and gentlemen. If you re-listen to that Sarah Carter clip, right. 
the government and their prosecutors, this guy, David Laufman, who is involved in like four or five other cases, the Blasey Ford case with the Kavanaugh thing. This guy's all over the place when it comes to Democratic activism, apparently. This guy apparently forced Flynn to file this fair reform in February of 2017. After the Trump administration begins. Apparently, the Farrah office makes the form unusually complicated. Flynn actually goes out and hires to the tune of $170,000, a lawyer, Joe, specifically his expertise is in Farrah. Mm -hmm. Why was the government making Flynn file this detailed, overly complicated Farrah in February of 2017? Why? Ladies and gentlemen, is it time for us to entertain the very serious proposition I've put out for a long time now that this Spygate scandal is bigger than Trump, as I've said repeatedly? Who did I tell you was being spied on for a very, very long time? Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn, it appears, was being spied on or investigated as far back as 2015 before Trump was even president, by weaponized Barack Obama government assets being used to target his political enemies, of which Mike Flynn was one. You may have to listen to this twice, and I'm sorry, but this is darn worth your time. This scandal of Spygate is bigger than Trump. The Obama team did not like Mike Flynn. He was an opponent of their signature foreign policy proposal, the Iran deal. Flynn was a vocal opponent. The Obama team needed to take him down. They spied on him. You had the Svetlana Lakova story where they impugn the integrity of this of this woman with, with, with slight, if any, Russian connections to make it appear that Flynn was having some kind of an affair with her. Mm-hmm. A totally bogus story as far back as 2015. Stefan Halper, the same guy involved in the Spygate fiasco with Carter Page and George Papadopoulos. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Stefan Halper, the same Halper is in contact with Flynn earlier. The same British assets connected to Steele are in contact with Flynn back in 2015. Trump's not even running. How does this connect to what I'm telling you now? Folks, if the government was spying on Mike Flynn as far back as 2015 under the Obama administration and the DOJ had that information, ladies and gentlemen, they would already know that the private company Flynn thinks he's working for has connections to the Turkish government. All right, that that did it. The suck-a-meter's broken. That did it. The suck-a-meter Geiger counter is off the... We're we're at Chernobyl levels right now. You're at, like, the basement in Chernobyl. Do you understand what I'm telling you? The government already knows the connections between the private contractor Flynn thinks he's working for and their extensive ties or alleged ties to the Turkish government. They already know it. They set him up. Yeah. They got him to file this fair reform in February of 2017 and sign it, knowing the whole time the information was going to be inaccurate because it was entirely asymmetric. The government had been spying on him. They knew everything. All Flynn knows is what the company he's working for is telling him. 
He hired a lawyer for $170,000 to file a piece of paperwork the government already knew was false. Mm. Flynn doesn't know. Flynn thinks he's working for a private company. Do you see what happened here? This entrapment scandal, how disgustingly gross this is. Then what do they do? They go to Flynn later and they say, hey, you know, bad news, buddy. We just found out. Shocker. Wink it or not. We just found out that this company you're working for was actually working for the Turkish government. That form you filed where you don't really detail all that because he didn't know is a lie. So now we're going to charge you in this other case with this Farah violation, which, by the way, is almost never charged criminally. Never. Right. And you're going to sign this form that you lied. And by the way, if you don't sign this form, we're not going to let you off on the other lying case to the FBI where your cooperation is contingent. Flynn's team gave, gave him the double barrel middle finger and said, we're not going to say we're lying. So what did the government do? The government turned around and tells the judge, now we're going to charge him as a co-conspirator. Boom. Flynn's team says, you go ahead. Go ahead. Let's dance. Mm-hmm. Charge him. And the judge said, no, you're not. You're not charging him a squad. Put that up again for court filing. The judge clearly says, you have no evidence of that. You're just making this up. The Farris statement and related filings do not reflect the existence of the alleged conspiracy you're claiming to act as an undisclosed Turkish agent or to cause the filing of a false Farah. The judge says, no way, no thanks, goodbye, adios. Folks, this is so disgusting, what's happening to Mike Flynn. Mm. It is beyond belief. Beyond belief what is happening to this guy. First, you charge him in a case for lying to FBI agents, where your FBI agent said he wasn't lying. Then you charge him in a case of filing a false Farah, where you want to use him against another, his business partner. And then you make him file a false Farah, you know is false, but he doesn't. In advance, you set him up. And then when he refuses to say he lied, which he didn't, You then threaten him as a co-conspirator in a case where there's no evidence he's a co-conspirator at all. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is third world republic, Cuban special inside jackboot thug, North Korean nonsense we're witnessing here. This is such legal malfeasance that I'm, I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. Some entrepreneurial wannabe journalist hasn't come out and been like, wait. This is, something's not right here. Something is not right. They made him sign a form. The government, I'm telling you, already knew was false because they'd been spying on him. (sighs) Dude, you know, I'd like to be happy about the revelation of all this stuff, but honestly, you get pissed. pissed. You just get angry. Yeah. It is. It It is. is. It's for, For Flynn. Oh, and for Flynn. For Flynn to set this precedent now. 
This oh. guy, this decorated oh. military hero, oh. beloved by people who work with him, who gets crapped on every oh. single day of his life by a government, a special prosecutor's office that will just not let this go. Dano, Dano, They had to Dano. shut this guy up. So they threw the kitchen sink. I used to go to this ice cream oh. shop when I was a kid, Jan's. They had the kitchen sink. Yeah. It was like bananas, <laughs> cherries, ice cream. They throw every, it's Jan's kitchen one. sink oh. at Mike Flynn to shut him up. And good for him and his lawyer for saying double barrel, middle yeah. finger to you. We're not taking this anymore. We are not signing that form. We're not signing it. Oh. He did not lie. All right, I got more on this. It's got a stacked show, including Jeez. the New York Times, again, trying to get out in front of something I told you on this show probably three months ago when I was in Los Angeles. Yeah. Trying to get out of a story, again, already reported here. We'll get no credit, don't worry, which is fine. I love my audience. We're doing quite well. But showing you the real journalism is happening here. Jeff Carlson, Chuck Ross, Molly Hemingway, who's got a great book out, by the way, about the Kavanaugh thing with Carrie Severino. Excellent. Highly recommended. Sarah Carter, John Solomon. That's where the real journalism is happening. I reported on this story three months ago. I'll get to that in a second. Now the New York Times finally comes around. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget Pro. Listen, the iTarget Pro system is the finest system out there for improving your marksmanship, okay? If you're going to own a firearm, marksmanship, proficiency, and safety, that's what matters, right? Listen, here's the problem with that. A lot of times to improve your proficiency with your firearm, you have to go to the range, which is not necessarily an issue unless the range is really far and a range can get expensive. You got to clean your firearm afterwards. Not that you shouldn't go, but ladies and gentlemen, not all of us can get there once a week, once a month, like we used to have to do when I was a secret service agent. We had to qualify once a month to keep our skills up or else you lose it. Here is the best way to solve that problem. The iTarget Pro system using your smartphone. The iTarget Pro app tracks a laser round. It's a laser round. You insert in the firearm you have now. You unload that firearm, check it, check it twice, check it three times, no room for error. Take that laser round they send you. You don't have to make any manipulations to your firearm at all. You have 9mm, 40 SW, whatever it may be. You load that round in there. When you depress the trigger and the target they send you, it'll emit a laser. Now you can see where the rounds would have gone. It's as simple as that. The app will track it. You will, people send me pictures of their targets. You can practice all day safely in the safety and security of your own home. I will send you this laser round. It's also available in 223 and 556 for you AR-15 uh, owners out there. Save time, save money, take your skill to the next level safety and effectively with iTargetPro. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. The letter iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. Use promo code DAN. You'll save 10%. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot recommend the iTargetPro system as a former law enforcement agent in strong enough terms. It is that good. Go check it out. iTargetPro.com. Promo code DAN. All right, let's get right back to it. Showing you again, the mainstream media has absolutely failed to do its job. They only do their job after the fact. I kind of teased this New York Times story, which is now, ironically, trying to get ahead of a story we put out uh, three months ago or so. Folks, this is embarrassing, okay? New York Times has another article coming out, uh, which, excuse me, it's out yesterday, talking about the credibility of steel. Here's what's going on here. The Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, who's looking into this whole abuse of the FISA process we were just talking mm -hmm. about, the spying. We now know Bill Barr's looking into the spying on Mike Flynn and others. Um, fascinatingly enough, uh, fascinatingly, yes, I put out a few months back 
that the problem with Steele's information was it was garbage. And one of the other problems with Steele's information, who was hired to put together the dossier, is he had already told in October, before they ever filed any of these FISA documents to spy on the Trump team, he had already told the State Department official, Kathleen Kavalek, that his sources were two Russian disinformation specialists. In other <laughs> words, Steele was colluding with Russians oh. to get information about Donald Trump. That's not in dispute. That's only in dispute amongst lunatic liberals who don't want to tell you the truth, right? The media, of course, misses that whole story. Yeah. But I said to you months back that the problem with this is the FBI has located or had located, to be precise, in January of 2017, one of Steele's alleged Russian sources, right? And had interviewed that Russian source. Now, according to my sources, you know who you are. That interview, let's just say, Joe, did not go well. Matter of fact, er, it went very bad. (laughs) B-A-D. B-A-D-D in Joe Biden spelling. It did not go well. The Russian source was deemed to be untrustworthy and basically lying. Ladies and gentlemen, what's the problem here? Alarm bells should be going off everywhere. Not only does Christopher Steele tell a United States government State Department official before the FBI ever uses his information in the courts that he's getting it from Russian disinformation specialists before the first FISA is signed in October. But when the FISA warrant to spy on the Trump team is renewed in January and twice more into the summer of 2017... The FBI, ladies and gentlemen, has already interviewed one of Steele's Russian sources and found it out, his information, to be extensive garbage, to quote Marv Albert from the old Nick games. We're in extensive garbage time. Yes, you are. Now, the New York Times, again, after we've already reported this stuff, so is like Chuck Ross and everyone else out there who's done the work on this case. Mm-hmm. We've already reported the FBI interviewed this Russian source that was given information for Steele and thought it was garbage. Not only that, my sources are telling me Jim Comey knew darn well that those Russian sources were garbage and kept reauthorizing the warrants to spy on the Trump team anyway. Comey knew. Why is the New York Times reporting this now? As we can see, let me read this to you. This is fascinating. From the New York Times yesterday. Moreover, by January of 2017, FBI agents had tracked down and interviewed one of Mr. Steele's main sources, a Russian speaker from a former Soviet Republic who'd spent time in the West, according to a DOJ document obtained by the New York Times and people familiar with the event. Listen to this. You want to talk about putting lipstick on a pig. What a shine job on your (laughs) shoes this is. Check this out, Joe. After questioning him, the Russians, again, what we already reported on, FBI officials came to suspect that the man might have added his own interpretations to reports from his own sources that he passed on to Mr. Steele, calling into question the reliability of the information. Oh, oh, isn't that great? Isn't that spectacular? So basically, that what are they saying, Joe? The FBI knew Steele's Russian sources were crap. They were that, when you put crap in a bag and you light it on fire and you throw it on someone's tomb. Not that I've ever done that. And someone goes out and smashes it. That's what's happening. Hot crap. 
The New York Times now in their endless yeah. Pravda propaganda role. What are they doing, Joe? They're trying to get out yeah. ahead of the Inspector General Michael Horowitz's report, which is probably going to have this information in there. Mm-hmm. The Inspector General's report is going to be devastating, and you know what it's going to say in 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 Inspector General E's. The Bureau knew these Russian sources were crap and spied on Trump anyway. So what does the Times do? They want to paint this story first. It's like watercolors. Bob Ross, look, there's a pretty little tree. Oh, yeah. Look, put a little waterfall. Oh, look, look at, at this. That. Remember oh. Bob Ross? I used to love I Bob Ross. Very relaxing. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. you, you, of course, they want New oh, York Times, Joe, you. wants you to feel better about a prolific government spying operation yes. on Mike Flynn mm-hmm. and Donald Trump mm-hmm. using crap Garbage Russian sources the government knew were garbage because they interviewed them. Put your own crap over Why there. do you think Comey... That's, nice. that's right. Yeah. Yes. Why do you perfect. think Comey's freaking out? Crap. <laughs> why why do you think the FBI... It, it, listen to this. Yeah, the New York Times. I love this. That he may have added his own interpretations to reports, <laughs> calling into question his reliability. In other words, he lied. Yeah. The Russian source Steele was using. Ladies and gentlemen, the <sighs> Bureau already knows this. This is the, the New York Times doing damage control. That's all this is. Instead of just coming out, headline, FBI used discredited Russian source to spy on the Trump team, colluding with the foreigner in Christopher Steele. That's the headline. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They bury this little nugget halfway down and say, well, he may have added his own interpretations to the information. Bull. (laughs) No bull. Right. Speaking of which, we have a new sponsor I want to welcome on board. Our buddy's at, see my t-shirt? No bull. No, let me show you my sneakers from No Bull. Hold on. These are my actual sneakers. You can see by the bottom, they're all dirty because I've been working out. No bull. These are the finest footwear and workout attire you will find anywhere. I cannot attest to the quality of this stuff in strong enough terms. No bull. No more bull. Go pick up a pair of these suckers today. They are absolutely fantastic. Matter of fact, I kid you not, I read this website, T Nation, once in a while. It's pretty good. They have some pretty good workout routines. A little hardcore, but they have good workout routines. They had Stuff We Like Part 1. What was in there? No bull workout attire and sneakers. They're that good. I love No Bull. Listen, it's time to demand more from your workout gear the way you demand more from yourself. No Bull is a footwear, apparel, and accessory brand, accessory brand Excuse me for people who train hard and don't believe in excuses. They're on a mission, No Bull, to create products for people train hard day after day love this stuff it's good for me on the elliptical good when i deadlift good when i squat good when i lift good when i run love it wear and tear is welcome no bull as you covered this t-shirt is so light i can't even tell you look at that look at that wow check that out that's how light this thing is so airy you get in there the sweat evaporates immediately no bull shirt they love wear and tear okay Mm -hmm. no bull Very nice. <laughs> yes. Don't let the simple design fool you, fool you. No bull gear is built to perform. You a CrossFitter, MMA, workout, recreational, runner, whatever it is. Cross trainer, get no bull attire. It's the best. The only thing that'll make you fitter is you. Working hard day after day. No bull training gear is designed just for that. Products that perform for you when you need them. It's a multi-environment design built for wherever your workout takes you. Cold, hot, Warm, cool, doesn't matter. Extremely durable, breathable, abrasion-resistant material. It's for runners, for workout, CrossFit, MMA. You're going to love this stuff. If you're ready to change the way you work out, change the gear, challenge yourself, go to nobullproject.com slash Bongino. 
put in the work day after day. If you do it, this is for you. If you're working out hard, this is for you. Nobullproject.com slash Bongino. Check out their training gear. No bull. Nobullproject.com slash Bongino. Nobullproject.com slash Bongino. You're not going to find better workout attire anywhere. Okay, moving on. Let me just backtrack a bit where we've been. Uh, to be candid with you, we had a b- bunch of technical issues today. I'm very sorry for it, but I always break the fourth wall. It's the first time it's ever happened. Mm-hmm. So if the show is a little late um, and it appears a little bit choppy, I, my sincere apologies. We never skip shows and we had like a major league blowout technical meltdown on the show today. But Paula and Joe fixed it because they're very good. Um but let me just recap where we were for the sake of continuity. So in the beginning, the, the takeaway from the Mike Flynn case, the government was spying on Mike Flynn. The government likely knew Mike Flynn's relationship to the Turks was a little more detailed than even Mike Flynn knew. The government, how did the government know Mike Flynn was working for the Turks? Because they were spying on no. him, even though Mike Flynn didn't know. And they made him sign a document anyway to stick it to Flynn because he was an enemy of the Obama team. That's the takeaway. The government knew more than Flynn did and made him sign the thing anyway. Secondly, the New York Times is finally getting ahead of a story. We already reported the fact that they interviewed these Russian sources. and They were garbage and the government used the information anyway. Okay, uh, moving on. Cocaine Mitch strikes again. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Uh, listen, I get it. I, I Mitch has his good and his bad moments. Yeah. But I got to tell you, lately, um, Cocaine Mitch has been doubling, doubling down. That's his nickname, by the way, from Don Blankenship, who uh, ran for Senate in West Virginia. For those of you who missed that, I'm not alleging Mitch, O'Connell, Mitch McConnell uses cocaine. But it's, it was a nickname they gave him. But Cocaine Mitch is back. So he's asked at a presser up there on Capitol Hill. Um, now that the New York Times, as we covered, or not the New York Times, media, I forget who covered it. Uh, NBC News it was, I'm sorry. That NBC News, Joe, broke the story, dreaded air quotes, yeah. that McConnell's ancestors may have owned slaves, which has nothing to do with McConnell. He's not hmm. responsible for the behavior of anyone else other than Mitch McConnell, no less his ancestors. So uh, this entrepreneurial news outlet decides they're going to nail him down on Capitol Hill and say, hey, listen, you know, I know you don't support reparations, Uh, you know, payments made to descendants of slaves as a policy, which is an awful policy, by the way. I know you don't support that, but is your mind going to change now that we know your ancestors own slaves? Listen to Cocaine Mitch in an absolute gut shot, kidney shot, liver shot between the legs kick. I'm not really sure what to call it. Check this out. (laughs) aware that your great-great-grandfathers were slave owners in Alabama uh, before the Civil War, and has that revelation caused you to change your position on reparations? You know, I find myself once again in the same position as President Obama. We both oppose reparations, and we both are the descendants of slaveholders. Yeah, boy! <laughs> Mitch! <laughs> Slave for slave. That that reporter, that reporter must be sitting there like, what just happened? How did I just get so destroyed on was that C-SPAN or whatever it is? How did I just get so wrecked with one question? Wrecked. R-E-K-T. Twitter wrecked. That's the kids use that for wrecked. Getting R-E-K-T. I didn't I spelt it wrong on purpose. Totally, completely wrecked. Mitch McConnell, that is the exact same position. He's not kidding. (laughs) 
that Barack Obama finds himself in. Also, Kamala Harris, presidential candidate, who there's some allegations surfacing now that her ancestors own slaves too. Let me be crystal clear. I am absolutely morally and ethically consistent on this. I don't hold Barack Obama's responsible for his ancestors' issues, nor Kamala Harris, right. nor Mitch McConnell. The media, remember what I said to you on yesterday's show when we discussed this topic at length? You better be darn careful opening up this Pandora's box. You may not like what you find if we're going to start going back through the lineage and generations to figure out what people in our past did and hold us responsible for it. Good job by Mitch McConnell holding the press accountable. I mean, is Obama going to get the same questions? Of course not. He's a Democrat. Yeah, I mean, really, he has been really fired up lately, Mitch McConnell. All right, moving on. Um, this is a story I heard last night on Martha McCallum's show on Fox, and it really, really kind of stung me a little bit in a good way. Ladies and gentlemen, I know this is not an issue that polls well with a lot of Americans. Candidly, I know for a content, conservative content, it's an issue not a lot of people talk about, but we should. The issue of school choice, the fact that low-income folks in some inner cities a lot of minority students, people in mountainous regions of the United States, areas where the education system may be struggling a bit. The fact that they have no way out and have no access to the American dream that I've had, that Joe has had, that Paul has had, has always disturbed me. Again, I know school choice. It's not one of those things like, you know, we're, 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 we're at the ramparts and we're ready to like knock down the Democrat wall over. Ladies and gentlemen, it should be. And the reason this story should be be preeminent in our conservative thinking is I'm convinced the radical left, not all Democrats, but the radical left wants a poor struggling underclass. They need them because they need votes and they need government programs to attempt to buy people off. Ladies and gentlemen, with an improved, vibrant, strong education system that gives people access out of poverty into the American dream you and I have. The Democrats and their radical left are not going to be able to parasitically feed off an underclass of folks that remain poor. I'm telling you, the key to long-term economic prosperity, foundational liberty and freedom with strong roots feeding off that water in the ground, the key to that, that ground of liberty, is an education system. And our education system has failed these kids. It has left them behind. It is the civil rights issue of our time. It is a human catastrophe what is happening to these inner city kids and these other kids in struggling school districts. Getting to the point, I saw this story on Martha McCallum last night. Here's the story in the New York Post. I can't encourage you in strong enough terms to read this in the show notes today. New York Post story about this Bronx charter school. In this Bronx charter school, where 90% of the kids in the school qualify for subsidized meals, lunches, and breakfast. And what does that mean, Joe? In other words, it means this Bronx school has a lot of lower income kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not some wealthy right. area. There is a charter school, a school that operates outside of the traditional public school system in some respects, where parents can choose to send their kids there. They are not constrained by the government bureaucracy putting their boot on the necks of these kids and their parents and the teachers who want to teach these kids. This charter school did something amazing. They graduated 
53 eighth graders, the entire eighth grade class of this teacher who was on Martha's show last night, every single one of her kids in this low-income area of the Bronx in this charter school, every single one aced the Algebra One Regents test. Yes. Five out of five. All right. Good for you. Good for you. Ladies and gentlemen, the only reason I'm here on this show today with big news to come, with an audience as generous as you've been to me, you've made my life entirely different, giving me a voice I never thought I've had. The only reason any of this is happening is because I, my parents took me out of a struggling public school district in Glendale. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. PS 68. I never went there. They didn't. My mother didn't have any money. My dad was not wealthy either, but they managed to struggle and put together, make ends meet and to put me into St. Pancras school a local Catholic school, which is now unfortunately out of business. I'm telling you, it's the only reason I am here today speaking to you in coherent sentences. Because my parents, despite their economic struggles, were able to get us into this school. Me and my brothers. Why don't these kids get the same shot? Why are these Democrat liberal politicians standing there with a stop sign in front of minority parents, parents of white students, Asian students, and others in struggling areas who just want the same opportunity for their kids? Now, to show you the disparity in this, from the piece... Folks, in the other public schools, in the same area, keep in mind what I just told you, 100 with two zeros, one, zero, zero, 100% of this Bronx charter schools, 100%, 53 out of 53, got a perfect five out of five on the Algebra One Regents test. In the surrounding public schools, only 34% even took the test. And of those 34%, 82% managed to get a three out of five. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about small differences here. We're talking about a Grand Canyon-like chasm between kids who nailed it, who are now going to go on to elite colleges, get fine educations, enabling them and their kids and generations of their children to prosper to prosper in the American dream. And we are talking about other kids in public schools who will be entirely left behind. They will not have access to the dream you and I have. You know, I implore, I'm, I'm begging. these Demo I'm begging if you're a Democrat listening to my show, why are you accepting the teachers' unions' talking points? Not the teachers, the unions, the interest groups. Why? Just give the parents a choice. If the charter school stinks, the parents will pull them out. Just let them pick. Folks, my life, my kid's life, I would never even met my wife, so it wouldn't have mattered. I'd say my wife said, but we wouldn't even know each other. I would never have met Joe. Because I never would have lived in Maryland. Because I never would have had the qualifications to become a Secret Service agent or a candidate for office. 
because of school choice. This issue matters, folks. It's why I talk about it whenever I see a story like that. Martha McCallum had the teacher on last night. God bless you. I don't know your politics. I don't care. God bless you. You have my sincere thanks for changing the lives of 53 out of 53 kids who likely will now go on to successful, prosperous careers despite coming from a crap school district in the Bronx because you did it. You changed their lives. God bless you. You have done an amazing, amazing, I'm in awe of what you did. That's a great story. Yeah, man. Okay. Um, all right. Last read uh, of the day, our last sponsor, but another great company. Ladies and gentlemen, Bravo Company Manufacturing. Are you in the market? Are you in the market for a rifle or a pistol? This is the finest company out there. If you are in the market, please check them out at bravocompanymfg.com. Bravocompanymfg.com. Please check this company out. They make life-saving equipment. They make it right here in Heartland, Wisconsin. They build their equipment to a life-saving standard. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a sporting arms company. If you're in the market for a precision, accurate, no fail rifle here. I have two of them. They are absolutely fantastic. They are precise. They fire on point. I've had no errors with them at all. No malfunctions. These are great quality precision built equipment built to a life-saving standard. This is not a sporting arms company. If you're looking for sporting arms, you have to go elsewhere. When uh, BravoCompanyMFG.com, Bravo Company, when they make their rifles, they make them to a life-saving standard. They do it assuming that equipment is going to wind up in the hands of a law enforcement officer, one of our military uh, soldiers or officers, and a or a civilian who, God forbid, is engaged in a scenario where he has to save the life of himself or someone else. They are not building sporting arms here. They build precision fine equipment. These rifles are fantastic. I, I tell the story all the time. I went to my local FFL to pick up my rifle. This guy was more than experienced with them. He said, you have no idea how great these products are. Bravo Company rifles and pistols. They are the finest on the market. You'll see me wearing their t-shirts sometime. I'm proud to. I love their company. I love their product. If you're in the market for a rifle or a pistol, please go to bravocompanymfg.com. They put people before their products. It, they feel it's their moral responsibility to provide these people with life-saving equipment if you're in the market. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over to bravocompanymfg.com. That's bravocompanymfg.com. Learn more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's bravocompanymfg.com. You can also check out their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Bravo Company UFC. Uh, excuse me. Bravo Company UFC, uh, USA. Gosh, I got the UFC on my mind. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Bravo Company USA. USA. Okay. Um, there's an interesting story about Trump's new pick for the Fed. You know, I am, I'm, I really got have issues with our, our monetary yeah. policy. The yeah, Fed, yeah. Uh, how we print money, quantitative easing. I've talked about it a lot on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the media is kind of losing their minds a little bit. Story up by CBS News about one of Trump's recent picks, a lady by the name of Judy Shelton. A lot of Judys today. Um, Judy was an audience archives. That's my mom's name, too, Judy. Judy, uh, Judy Shelton. The, uh, the media is freaking out because Judy Shelton has spoken in the past positively about the gold standard. Oh, gosh, liberal liberals hear the gold mm -hmm. standard and they freak out. I want to explain to you what the gold standard is, why it matters. And I got one more story for the day before we leave about New Zealand's catastrophic gun control fail, which is not working out like they thought. Um, but this story is important. 
The gold standard matters. The gold standard matters because, ladies and gentlemen, think about what money is. What does money do for us, right? Money's a store of value. It's a measure of value. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always jokingly say, uh, you know, when when I pay Joe for services he provides to my company, mm-hmm. I don't pay him in refrigerators. Um, I don't pay him in remote controls mm-hmm. um, or watches. Um, I pay my nice venture. I don't pay Joe in that. Mm-hmm. I pay Joe in money. Right. It's a measure of his value we can both agree on. Now, as a measuring tool of value, Joe will pay you this for hour per hour uh, for for this kind of service. Joe provides some editing and and, and also obviously some content on the show. Mm. This is what I pay Joe. We both agree on that price. Mm-hmm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the key to having money as a measure of value is that the measure is consistent. Ah. Uh. We use it as a measure of value because it's convenient. I don't pay Joe in watches or remote controls because it's inconvenient. Joe would then go have to find someone who needs five or six watches. He only needs one. Trade those for another service. Joe says, hey, I need steak tonight for dinner. Will you take my three watches for a steak? That's not the way an economy works in a non-barter system. You need some representation of value that is not a physical commodity. Right. We don't trade in refrigerators. Joe, I'll give you my refrigerator for four hours of editing on my show. Joe would be like, huh? what? Why would I do that? It's not convenient. So we use money. Now, the left has a tough time with these simple concepts. The problem with using money, ladies and gentlemen, is there's not a tangible value to it if the measure is all over the right. place. Joe knows where the refrigerators work to him. If he's starving to death because his food is going bad, it's worth a whole lot. The problem with the gold standard for the left, where the U.S. dollar would be anchored to a standard in gold, is the left hates this idea, Joe, and why? Because it takes away their ability. This is why they're freaking out over Trump's new pick, by the mm-hmm. way, Judy Shelton. She's spoken positively about the gold standard. To spend us into oblivion. The left loves the idea of our money not being anchored to anything. So the way, say, a more primitive gold standard would work, Joe, is we would only be able to create new money based on the availability of gold. And the availability of that gold would be exchangeable. In other Mm -hmm. words, you can walk in with a dollar, a U.S. dollar, and say... All right. Well, in a, this is in a more, again, primitive gold standard. Mm-hmm. Let's call it a hard gold standard. Joe would be able to walk into a bank and say, I want to exchange my U.S. dollar, redeemable in gold, for, I don't know, whatever it may be, a nail clipper worth of gold. Wouldn't even be worth that. <laughs> if you had $1,000, technically you could walk into a bank or, and, and get your money back in gold. That would be a hard gold standard, right? That's not really the way the gold standard would work in a modern economy. But that simple analogy explains the point that it would do what, Joe? It would constrain the government's ability or the Federal Reserve. They, mm-hmm. you know, It's not really a government entity. We all know what kind of it is. Um, but the Federal Reserve could not create new money unless they found new gold. Yeah. Which would limit their ability to print new dollars. Why do the Democrats hate this? And why are they panicking about Judy Shelton? And the media people. Because, folks, (laughs) the Democrats want to monetize our debt. 
They want to spend us into oblivion like they're doing now with their $22 trillion of accumulated government debt. They want to spend us into the phantom zone. And the way they know that we can never pay this off. Right. We're not going to be able to pay off this debt. So the Democrats and the liberals want to be able to print money. They call this modern monetary theory. I call it steaming piles of hot garbage, just like the Flynn case, right? Mm -hmm. They want the Federal Reserve to be able to endlessly print new money, not constrained by a gold standard, to pay off our old debt. Ah. Now, if you're listening and you don't understand, you're like, Joe's probably like, oh, what's the problem? That sounds great. So the government can spend money on social programs, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, hmm. S-chip, food stamps, yeah. um, endless government pork projects, and basically we can print money. What's the problem, Dan? The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is if you can endlessly print new money because you're not constrained by any kind of a gold standard and you're just, your measure of money keeps going all over the place. Right? Yeah. Money buys this. Money buys this. Money buys this. Money buys this. Why? Because it's more money chasing the same products, <laughs> which requires the price to go up, which means the value of your money goes down if the price goes up. If you have a dollar and it bought you four gumballs in one day and then inflation goes through the roof, that dollar only buys you one gumball a week later, meaning your dollar goes down and down and down and down and down. You can't do that with the gold standard because you can only print what you have in gold. And people can redeem it. The Democrats would not be able to monetize the debt. What I mean by that is they're hoping to print money to pay off the debt, mm -hmm. which will devalue the dollar, devalue the dollar and make the debt worth less. Now, that works great for profligate governments. Think about it. If your dollar buys less and less and less because it's worth less, mm -hmm. your dollar buys four gumballs, three gumballs, two gumballs, one gumball, a half a gumball, no gumballs. Now you need $10 to buy a gumball. Ooh. That's inflation. Right. The price of the gumballs goes up. Your dollar buys less. That works great for government. Why? Think it through. Why are they freaking out over Judy Shelton? Because if your dollar's worth less, so is the dollar of government debt. In other words, mm -hmm. if you owe $22 trillion, that $22 trillion that could have bought whatever, 22 trillion gumballs, now you only need four or five gumballs because the 22 trillion is worthless. That debt is worth less too. Inflation's the government's best friend. Think about it. Let me make it simple for you. And I've used this analogy okay. for you way, way old listeners, right? Yeah. I know it's a little complicated, but think about it. If you are a debtor, not a creditor, you owe money to people, like the government owes to people who they borrowed money from. They borrowed money, bonds, they borrowed money from foreign governments, they borrowed money from us. If you have U.S. securities, if you owe money, you want inflation. If I owe, let me give you an example, Joe. Do you want to buy your house mm -hmm. at the $30,000 purchase price your house, Joe, cost in 1970 or the $300,000 purchase price you bought it now? Which one? We'll go with $30,000, Dan. We'll go with $30,000. Yeah. But, Joe, your house in 1970 wasn't worth the $30,000 of today. No. It was probably worth closer to $250,000. Yeah. It's inflation wore away the value of the dollar. Therefore, you need more dollars to buy the same house. But the nice part about buying that house in 1970 at $30,000, you owed money, Joe. Mm -hmm. You still owe that same $30,000. So the value of your debt goes down, right, too. Right, right, right. If you owe money, you love inflation. It deflates the value of your debt. You think this is great. 
the government, the U.S. government owes more money than anybody in the universe. They don't want the government to not be able to wipe out the value of the dollar. The Democrats and some Republicans, to be fair, love this idea of no gold standard. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a debtor and you spend your way into Hades by borrowing and spending money you don't have, you love inflation. The problem is if you're a saver, all that $30,000 you saved is now worthless because of government inflation crushing the value of every dollar you have. We conservatives are savers. The government is not. That's why this is going on right now, the freak out over Judy Shelton. All right, one last story up at the Daily Wire. Great story about New Zealand. This is by Ash Shao. Um, it'll be in the show notes today as well. New Zealand, after that horrible shooting in Christchurch, instituted, again, a, a really misguided policy of banning, quote, military-style semi-automatic weapons. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've told you over and over, a gun ban after a crime will do nothing. Criminals don't care about your gun laws. That's why they're criminals. Right. They're not going to, criminals are not going to turn in their firearms. When you institute a gun ban like they did in Australia, the only people turning in the guns are going to be the law-abiding, not the criminals. A gun ban is nonsense. Well, New Zealanders apparently caught on to this, and this is an interesting story from the Daily Wire. Joe, there are 1.5 million firearms in New Zealand. How many do you think were turned in after the gun ban? Well, you'd say, well, if it's a gun ban, Joe, mm -hmm. 1.5 million, not all of them, to be fair, were subject to the ban. Some may have uh, been, you know, single-shot rifles or whatever. But let's just say it was 500,000, 200,000 that were subject to this new ban. All right. How many you figure were turned in of those 1.5 million? Take a stab at nah, it, Joe. Give me a number. Just throw something. 10%. Out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I, I know you weren't joking, but it's funny. 700. <laughs> 700. So basically, New Zealanders are saying, yeah, thanks yeah. for the gun ban. Have a nice day. Really? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not going to... Yeah, because they've already caught on. Holy New Zealanders no. probably know what happened in Australia. It's their yeah. neighbor right there. And said, listen, this is just dumb. I'm not turning in my firearm. What are you going to do? Serve a search warrant in my house? You criminals aren't going to turn in their guns. I'm not turning mine in either. Ladies and gentlemen, epic fail. It's not going to work. This is a mm. dopey policy. It'll have the exact opposite effect you intended. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Again, I'm sorry for some of the tech issues today, but this is the first time we ever had a massive technical meltdown, but we always get you a show. I love this show today. Please share it. I love you Redditors out there. Put my show on Reddit. You talk about it. Thank you very much. Please subscribe at youtube.com slash Bongino. It's all free to the video show. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.